Is messaging giving your compliance function headaches? Well, welcome to a special five-part podcast series on messaging compliance in a shifting regulatory landscape sponsored by Global Relay. Over this series, I will visit with Chip Jones, Executive Vice President, Alex File, Director, Regulatory Intelligence, Rob Mason, also Director of Regulatory Intelligence, Jeannie Clark, Head of Content, and Raywin Danvers, Sales Manager in Business Development. Over the series, we will consider the U.S. and U.K. regulatory framework for messaging apps, consider if business innovation is being stifled by regulatory action, preview the Global Relay Report, Compliant Communications in 2023, and look down the road on how to stay ahead of regulation with compliant communications in one app. First, a message from our sponsor, Global Relay. Put compliance at the heart of your business communications with Global Relay, with integrated cloud solutions for every step of your compliant communications journey. Global Relay helps regulated organizations mitigate risk and meet their collaboration, privacy, and safety requirements. Global Relay has built a rock-solid foundation for compliant communications from the Global Relay app, which allows firms to communicate compliantly on any channel, including text, WhatsApp, and more, to intelligent archiving and connecting everything in between. Founded in 1999, Global Relay delivers electronic communications to over 20,000 customers in 90 countries, including 22 of the world's top 25 banks. Find out more at globalrelay.com. In this episode two, we ask, is regulation stifling business innovation? As I visit with Alex Vial. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me, Alex Vial. Alex, first of all, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Hi, Tom. It is a pleasure. Very much looking forward to it. Alex, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background and your current role? Sure. So I, I'm what you might call a, a regulatory dinosaur. So I've been in the industry for quite a while. I was originally a regulator, so I worked for the, the UK Financial Conduct Authority, and then I became a compliance officer working for an investment bank. And then I went crazy and became a, an entrepreneur and created a compliance software business called Complinet, which was eventually sold to Thomson Reuters very successfully. And then since then, I've been working in a series of different compliance software companies. And I ended up at Global Relay, which is where I've been for the last two years, where I have a global role. I'm based in London. I work with product, with business development, with operations. I'm very connected to the market, having been in it for 30 years. And so I speak regularly at events. I run my own events and roundtables. I'm very much on top of regulatory change and analyzing that. And so the end objective of all of this is what I hope is practical compliance for people in the industry. So, Alex, we're going to explore the intersection of business innovation, regulations, and regulatory compliance, which is always a fascinating area for me because of the dynamic tension. And just looking at you, I'm going to assume 
you've been around a while, so you've seen this in other iterations. But right now we're focused on instant messaging or what the U.S. government calls ephemeral messaging. And to me, innovation is we're quicker, faster, better, more efficient. The, but I see this as almost a continuum from when brokers had to record phone calls. And having listened to those over multiple lawsuits, I understand the purpose for it. It can be an incredibly useful source of information, one, to help resolve a dispute, two, if a regulator comes knocking. So there's a variety of business reasons to capture this information. So I was wondering if we might start with how you see this dynamic tension and is it how you may have seen it resolved in perhaps other iterations of innovation? Yeah, sure. And I agree with everything you've said there, Tom. But I think that we, the way technology is, a, is evolving means that we're, we're seeing a sort of generational shift in the way that we actually communicate, not only internally, but externally with customers, even with regulators. And I don't think this is a, lots of people say, oh, this has all been driven by the pandemic. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it was coming anyway. It was accelerated by the pandemic. So the new technology, these new platforms, new devices, network availability mean that I think people say, oh, what does hybrid mean? And I think basically work is something that we do, not somewhere we go. And I, I and going back to, you talked about voice and telephone conversations. I think what we're seeing at the moment has a lot of comparisons with email. So when email was first available, and it was originally sort of corporate email, it then became actually personal email. We had exactly the same problem. People were sending lots of work-related information through their personal email. Now, it took probably five years for people to realize that was not acceptable under the and it took a lot of training and I think that's what we need now it's there's a generation of people that are saying okay this is something that we need to do because it drives business it's efficient this is what the client is demanding but actually people have to go back to the basic rules and say this is something that is not acceptable it means that an audit trail is not complete it means that a transaction record that you can get so much context for in terms of this ephemeral messaging is missing. And that's a big gap. And it's a mindset that needs to be changed. So in many parts of the world, instant messaging or ephemeral messaging is not simply a business innovation, but actually a way to do business. And I use the example that I think it was 2017, I was traveling to Brazil for a conference and they were paying my travel expenses and they wanted my information via WhatsApp. And I just recoiled like I'm not putting personal information in WhatsApp. And it was explained to me that's we do that here. And it was explained to me by a prominent partner in a law firm. And that's when it really dawned on me, something has shifted as you have suggested. Part of it is a new generation going to work. Part of it is if I could maybe even speculate into the crypto world where a different form of financial transfer of financial instruments, whatever a crypto coin might be, are seen as something that's positive, but sometimes it's just a way to do business. And so how do we incorporate those disparate strains 
into something that, as you said, is an auditable trail for those who need to be audited or those internal parts of your corporation that want to look at what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's a really hard, it's a really hard blend to get right because as you suggested, sometimes it is a local custom. That is the way business is done. And for you to push against that and reject it means that business could get stifled and that's going to affect revenue. But I think also people do need to respect the the concept of full books and records. I was at a I was at the FINRA annual conference last week in DC and Chair Gensler was talking about he said that this basically goes back to the 1930s when the requirement for full books and records was created. He said not only should senior management want this in order to perform proper risk management and to have corporate hygiene. But the regulators need it to do their jobs. So I think going back to what I said earlier in terms of training people to think about, it's very hard. You were talking about a great example there where you were in a foreign country and often the only thing available is Wi-Fi and therefore WhatsApp might be a really good way to communicate with someone. And you can say, look, I'm running late for my meeting and I sent this message on WhatsApp. Is that something that needs to be captured? Is it something that needs to be recorded or that you need to print it off? when you get back to the office? Probably not. But the reality is that that conversation on WhatsApp might suddenly develop into something else. And before you know it, you're talking about a price and you're talking about you're giving advice to a customer. That does need to be captured. So I think it's it's people getting trained on the right mindset for, am I is my dialogue business related? Is it therefore something that further down the line, we might need to reproduce for internal compliance or for business on itself or law enforcement. So it's interesting that you were at the FINRA conference in Washington because I was down the road at a compliance conference in Washington. And obviously this topic is front of mind for both regulated and non-regulated industries. But it was two interesting comments I heard. One was the very large number of USEC enforcement actions, particularly last September, where we had multiple actions totaling a $2 billion in overall fines. Every one of those companies had policies and procedures in place. And this was not a situation where a company had no policies and procedure or had not thought about it. But what was lacking was what I think I've heard you say now four times, training. And so could you say a few words about what, it's not so much that this is not new or the concept of communications is not new, but the response to a risk in managing that is a continuum of assessing your risk, putting policies and procedures in place to manage those risks, train on those risks, and ongoing monitoring going forward. So if a client came to you or a company came to you, how would you help them maybe think through that spectrum of steps in this arena? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good point you make, Tom, in terms of the sort of almost industry-wide acceptance of this. And I think that some of the the enforcements put in place have been described as being egregious because the tone at the top was not good. This was being done across the whole business by very senior people. In fact, even by the people who wrote the policies that they then failed to respect. So I think in terms of you know, what you need to have in place, 
you need the right messaging from senior management, and they need to be the ones who are following the policies right down to the letter. I think the policies need to be digestible and understandable. They can't be they can't be generic. They can't be something that is designed to tick the box. It has to be something that you can explain to regulators and show is effective. And uh, and I think it has to be something that people who are actually in the business can follow and, and they can actually adhere to it practically when they're... So they need to be quite comprehensive. I think the final piece on, on all of that is you need to show the regulator that you are monitoring those policies and that you are doing everything possible to identify activity and conduct and dialogue that falls outside them and that you have a supervisory program that will test them and and that if you do have breaches that you follow through with the right discipline so i think all of those pieces need to be put in place now because the, the there's some there are some people in the industry who are saying we just ban everything um that's our policy now that's not effective because we know that people are using these methods to communicate even when there is a ban and it's actually not credible regulators just don't believe it if you say yeah we ban everything they'll say no but we are sure people are still using these methods of communication alex what i particularly liked about that answer was you described a best practices compliance program and but i want to use that to suggest that the answer or the response is not new it is to fall back on the same structure that we use for a variety of other areas. And that is certainly the compliance officer writing the policies and procedures or whoever might do that. The training and education is important. The individual responsibility of the employee uh, to follow the policies and procedures. And as you suggest, if communications moves from a personal nature of I'm going to be late or a few minutes to something more, you move to a, a different type of platform. And then ongoing monitoring and discipline if there's a breach or at least remediation as appropriate. So I guess I would like to end this podcast by emphasizing there's an answer out there. And there are tech solutions that are coming. And there's tech solutions that you can use now. The, the business strategy may be new or different or the tech of ephemeral messaging may be new or different. But the answer is really, as I just heard you describe it, through the tried and true do you find that to be a fair assessment? Absolutely. You're right. It's the same problem that we've seen in other areas. And I would say that there has been a sort of willful denial of this habit in the industry that can actually be addressed quite simply. You, you can put practical policies in place. Um, there is technology that's available. You have to be progressive. You have to be positive about this. You can't be burying your head in the sand and say, oh, no, we don't do this. We've banned it. It's just not something that is going to work further down the line. You are going to lose competitive advantage and the regulators won't believe you. So it's definitely something that, that can be fixed and will be fixed. It's just going to take time and training. We've been there before. And I'm sure there will be other versions of this in the future. Dare I mention the metaverse and lots of lovely things like that coming. Alex, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where we take up regulatory changes on the horizon for UK firms. But before we leave, I wanted to ask you if our listeners wanted more information on any of the topics we've touched on, what would be the best place for them to go? 
You can always go to our website, Tom, which is globalrelay.com. But we also have a new business daily content service, which deals with regulatory change and practical compliance. And that is available at grip.globalrelay.com. So grip.globalrelay.com. And I think that's a fantastic resource for, for many of the topics we discussed. Alex, I wanted to thank you again, and I hope we can continue this conversation. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Messaging Compliance in a Shifting Regulatory Landscape. I hope you'll join us again for another episode in this special five-part series. If you'd like more information on anything you've heard on in this podcast, check out Global Relay at globalrelay.com. This special five-part podcast series is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.